Juice. Hey guys, and welcome to Juice. My name is Anirudh. And my name is Savan. And t- welcome to Juice. Last week's episode, we talked about the COVID pandemic and its implications on the economy and healthcare. This week's episode, we're going to be dealing specifically with startups. And to talk about startups, we have two special guests. We have Siddharth Suman and Ram Chathoth. Hey, I'm Sid. I'm a second year industrial engineering major, and I'm involved in the Georgia Tech startup scene. And I'm Ram. Uh, I'm a VME student, second year, and uh, I'm an exec member for Startup Exchange. So I'm also involved in the startup scene in Atlanta. Well, we'll be talking in deep with these guys later on. But first, me and Ani would like to do some general news recap for the week. So currently, California is being scorched by a flurry of wildfires. It's been reported that almost uh, 1.1 million acres of land has been destroyed, and this damage is spreading across the state. Here at Juice, we kind of pray for the people in California right now, and we hope that the fires are put out soon. Anyway, on to Ani with the economy. The S&P 500 had a record high this week, and this marks one of the shortest bear markets ever. So the S&P 500 with its new all-time high it wiped out the losses from coronavirus sell-off. But even though this this is great news, the majority of stocks still have yet to climb back uh, to the previous levels. So when, what are your thoughts on this? Wait, you're telling me like a lot of these stocks haven't climbed back to their prior levels? Cause... Yeah, 38% of stocks in the index made gains, but 62% of them actually posted losses. Yeah, so what I feel like is happening is a lot of these bigger companies, their massive stock performance is kind of overshadowing a lot of these smaller companies that haven't been making any gains recently, right? Exactly, and it actually varies a lot by sector. Like, more than 50% of stocks in the consumer, staples, healthcare, and information technology sectors uh, showed gain. But that's less with other sectors such as uh, energy and utilities. Most of the stocks that are really gaining are concentrated in a few uh, stocks in the market. For example, like there have been a few big winners, like 43 stocks in total saw gains of 25% or more. But that's very, 43 is not much compared to the whole market, compared to the thousands of stocks in the market. So what I'm hearing is this is a very top-heavy market that we're witnessing right now. Talking about how tech has been so successful, last week we talked about Apple and how it's been a super successful company and we're even recommending the stock. Recently, we talked about how Apple's valuation was going to peak to $2 trillion. Well, it finally did that, and we are kind of patting ourselves on the back a little bit for that analysis, I would say. But what about you, Ani? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Apple's a great company, and I'm and Sylvan and I talked about it before, and it, instead of, I remember at that time we had two possible scenarios for Apple. One was Apple reaching uh, two trillion valuation, and another was topping off. A lot of analysts, there was mixed um, perceptions of what was going to happen, and it definitely reached the two trillion dollars. And so we're glad that Apple did that. Uh, Sylvan and I love Apple. We have that in our portfolio, and it's a good stock. Now shifting from Apple, a couple key companies we wanted to talk about were Uber and Lyft. Recently, California passed one of the most pro-worker pieces of legislation in the nation. 
They basically reclassified all of Uber's workers. Instead of being contractors, they're now considered full-time employees. This is going to severely impact Uber and Lyft's ability to grow and scale because they're going to have to hemorrhage all of their costs into funding and taking care of their, their newly found employees. In fact, as of yet, a court ruled this, so Lyft and Uber have been trying to fight in the court system to, to appeal this ruling. And if it's not appealed, they're banking on a November ballot measure called Proposition 22, which would exempt them ride-hailing apps and food delivery apps from the piece of legislation. But if none of this works out, there's been reports that they might have to pull out of California entirely. And if they manage to somehow stay in California, they'll be relegated to a few key cities. Yeah, and I think uh, adding on top of that, I think is they have like until September 4th, right? Um to provide um, testimony showing yeah, that they comply with the new ruling? Yeah, that's what I've heard from reports. And I know uh, Uber CEO even talked about how the company's aggressively trying to appeal this ruling. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense because a lot of employees are like misclassified as independent contractors. And at the end of the day, a lot of companies exploit these com- like these. A lot of companies exploit these contractors, they underpay them, deny benefits. So it makes sense. Um, I think the this type of market where Uber and Lyft are is just going to have to adjust to like something that's inevitable. This is going to happen throughout the country uh, in the future, and it's just they're going to have to pivot and uh, adapt to it. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the first domestic piece of action I've seen against the gig economy right now. And talking about Proposition 22, something interesting to note is the lobbying measures. Like Lyft and Uber have spent a collective $90 million uh, on the campaign to pass this measure. So there's a lot to be seen about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, Maybe their efforts may pay off. But there's always this, uh, it's kind of unpredictable right now what's going to happen. And to segue from that, I just wanted to uh, congratulate you guys and kind of mention something you talked about last week, which was uh, the Tesla stock. And so you guys mentioned that there's an upcoming stock split. uh, And coincidentally, their stock price rose from around $1,300 to $2,000 a few days ago, uh, right before their stock split. So... Not only is there a stock split coming up, but um, the value of the stock has also increased quite significantly. Definitely. The stock split had been announced a while back, but we kind of assumed that the stock price would go up. Something to note about stock splits, though, this always happens where the prices go up, but ultimately the stock split doesn't really have an effect on whether someone should buy a stock or not. the market always overreacts to stock splits, and then it goes back to normal after a while. So that's just how stock, stock splits work. Um, but something good is that it's now more affordable for the average investor. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. We're going to see more middle-class people hopping onto the Tesla bandwagon. Yeah, it's definitely a cult. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to see it. Alright, 
So who wants to go first? Uh, Ram, Sid, you guys want to introduce yourselves a little more, explain what startups you guys are involved in? Yeah, I guess I I'll go Sid first. Sid can go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, my name's Sid. I'm a second year industrial engineering major at Georgia Tech, and I'm also a CreateX scholar, which is a startup scholarship at Georgia Tech. And this summer, I interned at a Georgia Tech startup called the 808 Wave, which is a music tech startup. Nice. Ron, what about you? Uh, so I am not involved directly with any like specific startups in Atlanta, but um, I'm an exec member for Startup Exchange, as I mentioned before, which is basically a student-run organization that tries to inform Georgia Tech and basically students in the Atlanta area about uh, just startup news opportunities available and trying to get them connected in the network to um, CEOs and just people that are heavily involved in the startup scene. Now that's an interesting job. Care to explain a little bit more of what you do exactly on the exec board? Um, so I'm on the logistics team and also the marketing team. So prior to the events, I um, usually go on Facebook and Instagram and try to plug the events that we have. And then in terms of logistics, I'm usually a moderator for uh, the events that we have. Um, so one of the biggest events that we had recently was with the um, one of the founders of Twitch, um, Michael Seibel. And so that was a really interesting, like, coffee chat that we had virtually. Uh, How do you get kind him of a... on, man? One of the members of our um, exec board, he really likes to just reach out to high-profile people and somehow got Michael Seibel to respond to his email. And so we kind of organized it from there. And um, he talked about his experience with starting Twitch and how it started started as uh, Justin TV, which is basically this guy named Justin that he knows that was tw uh, that was streaming his day-to-day -day life, and that kind of grew and expanded into what Twitch is today. Just something to note, Startup Exchange is the same uh, organization at Georgia Tech that brought, uh, brought on Klaus, the guy who donated $15 million uh, uh, to Georgia Tech to make. Is he still working like with Twitch right now? Because I I know he like Twitch is a, it isn't an independent company anymore. It was like bought by Amazon or something. I think. Yeah. Bought by. Yeah. Amazon. So. Um. So Ron, like you're in Startup Exchange and you kind of educate students on how they can get involved in the startup scene in Atlanta. What are some ways that you would recommend students to get involved, get their uh, wet? Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the best ways to get involved, I think, is um, if you want to kind of jump uh, headfirst into the startup scene is right off of Tech's campus in the Tech Square area is uh, ATDC, which is another startup incubator. Um, and they have an educate program for uh, students in the Atlanta area. And basically they have like weekly lessons where people can go and uh, startup CEOs that are in the incubator program will actually teach um, people who are interested uh, in learning more about how the beginning steps of creating a startup work.
are these like costly or like what's the time like commitment to the so um if you go through startup exchange we actually uh are partnered with them in a way uh in that we get a while there is a momentum to go in the startup direction the majority of student student their focus is applying for internships school getting the 4.0 gpa and that's great and all but a lot of students don't want to try out this path that might not work out right they would rather prefer like um interning at like major companies and that's cool as well i want to do that but simultaneously i would like to kind of work in my startups like try to work in that direction because being in a startup's like a, a big time commitment right so i think some students are prioritizing like stability and that what that's what they view it as you know what i mean yeah and that makes sense it's just i guess at the end of the day you have to make it's the hard decisions in life and that's one of the ones you have to make if you want to dive into it but i think it's important to like get your feet wet first and that's that's the most important thing right now right uh, as students like as ram said um just getting some type of exposure might tell you if you want to do it or not yeah and i think the best way to do that is um a lot of people do tend to go on the route of getting an internship at a big name company but um if you're trying to get the most experience uh and like hands-on um startups are a great way to get more internship experience than you would get in a large company where they're not as focused on training you um in a startup it may be a small group of people and they can focus more on uh giving you your roles and uh, responsibilities and helping you grow as an individual while contributing to their company yeah i'm sure sid had like a great experience like he probably did more work got more out of it than he would have ever gotten when if he went to like a big company yeah, definitely i've been active on so many parts of 808 it's like such a great experience to know how a company actually functions than just working on one small part of it as in, instead of like being a gear you're actually looking at the whole machine overall so that's a really great thing about startup. I've had the ability to work on marketing, uh, business, sponsorships. It's a really interesting way to view companies rather than just working a singular job. Yeah, definitely. You get a top-down view of the company to understand what they're aiming for and how they can improve. Yeah, and like whatever yeah. you do probably makes a bigger impact, right? Like how much impact oh, you yeah, actually make if you work in like a mega company? Yeah, so Raman Sid, what would you say are the industries or like sectors of the startup environment that have been recently like popping off? Like where do you see the greatest potential? Um, so for me, I might be a little bit biased, but um I really think that medical device technology is uh on the rise especially in the current situation we're in in the world with the the pandemic and the reasoning behind that is uh last week you guys mentioned telemedicine and so everything's kind of going virtual and people are trying to find more convenient ways to uh be able to get their care that they need in the medical world uh but from home 
And so I think right now it's not talked about a lot, but there's a lot of opportunities that are available. Um, and specifically, I would say, like, at-home devices that people could purchase at an affordable price um, so that they wouldn't have to go into the um, clinic to get that same care. If I were to go uh, specifically, I'd say the need for, uh, well, aside from medical devices, I'd say the need for kind of like a centralized way of getting that telemedicine availability would be um, a great thing. So maybe in the future we'll see like one place where people can see all different types of uh, doctors instead of having to go to one place or go to another place. So it's exciting to see uh, what could be coming up in the uh, medical device slash uh, telemedicine market. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. So, Sid, what industry would you choose? Hmm, right now, this is going to sound really out there, but I'd say um, like processors, having a company in the area of processors, something to compete with Intel or AMD, because right now those two are monopolizing, and there's so much room to innovate, although the ceiling to get in is pretty high. But if a company is able to, you know, break past that ceiling, I definitely think something to compete with AMD and Intel, like uh, something similar to Apple Silicon, what Apple is doing with their new computational hardware in their up-and-coming computers. I definitely think a startup in that sector. Yeah, definitely, because 5G's been on the rise recently, right? So entering into the processor and industry would be like a gold mine right there. Yeah, definitely. With everything trying to be so interconnected, more people staying home, everything going online, I definitely think processing power is one of the biggest things that we need right now. And a startup in that sector would really bring things to light. Yeah, and an industry that I would probably like look into is like AI, machine learning, stuff like that, like and how to integrate it with the cloud and stuff. There's a company in Atlanta actually um, called Cognira, and um, they basically deal with uh, understanding AI in very uh, like in depth. They do machine learning and they do scalable cloud technologies uh, to automate like uh, supply chains. And so that's definitely um, something that's going to grow in the future. They were only founded in 2015. So they're in an industry that's going to boom as well, something that's really hot right now. So some of those aspects include like marketing lessons and um, financial aspect of creating a startup. And they cover a lot of different topics. And you can go through like weeks and weeks of uh, different lessons and kind of get the full overview of what you need to know before uh, starting on your own journey. AI has like so many applications in like so many fields. That's what I'm saying. Because you could use their models to make pre predict and analyze like a crap ton of data in so many different fields, right? Yeah, that's definitely why G a lot of GT students I know in computer science, one of the threads is intelligence. Yeah, I've even heard that AI is like um, getting into like the music tech area because um so i'm taking psych 1101 this semester and we had to do 
like um certain we had to do a certain number of hours of um participation and research and one of the things that was available was um basically we kind of rate the uh music that was created by uh like some sort of artificial intelligence uh and i find that pretty interesting that even in like that aspect uh ai is kind of finding its way in oh yeah for sure I mean, Although the 808 wave doesn't use any AI right now, I definitely see AI being a huge part of the music industry in the future. Maybe, you know, maybe we're, we're going to have robots making our beats in the future. <laughs> I don't even know. Bro, we could have robot rappers soon. I mean, everyone uses autotune at this point anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So how do you think Atlanta fits into the startup scene nationally in the United States? Well, I definitely don't think Atlanta's close to Silicon Valley or those other behemoths, but I can definitely see the Atlanta scene blowing up in a decade or two. Mainly because Atlanta is one of the immigration capitals of the U.S. It's either Atlanta, New Jersey, California. Those are where a lot of immigrants come. And a lot of these immigrants, they have a lot of great ideas. And America is the land of opportunity and if you want to make a startup it's got to be in in america so i can definitely see atlanta you know with hartsfield jackson airport with all these connections to hubs like um north carolina south carolina the entire south i can definitely see atlanta being an integral part of this startup scene yeah i agree um Places like Silicon Valley are uh, already huge, but I think Atlanta is on the rise, especially because there's so many different, like, diverse um, startups that are being created on such a, or at such a rapid rate um, that it may be a while before we catch up, but uh, for sure it's something to look out for, especially in the uh, South. Taxes are good as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... There are a lot of benefits to doing it in Atlanta, like Ani said, the taxes, ease of business, and so on. But like one, not really problem or something, but but it's something that I've noticed is a lot of these startups in Atlanta, once they reach a certain point, some venture capitalist or someone's going to come from California and basically poach everybody, and they're just going to shift everything over there. It's, mm -hmm. it's a trend I've been noticing. But uh, Silicon Valley is getting really saturated, if I'm being honest. So I'm sure some people want to get out of there just as much as people want to get in there. So you, you, I think we'll definitely see companies moving from Silicon Valley out to other places that, of course, don't tax as much as California does and give more opportunity to those to start off fresh in a place that hasn't been built up as much as Silicon Valley has. I think the Atlanta... Uh... I think Atlanta and like the Southeast in general is like untapped potential for companies. We're not really used to seeing at least technology companies in this area. Um, and Atlanta is like the leader of the Southeast, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. So a lot of these startups in Atlanta are like, what part of Atlanta are they really being concentrated in? I'm assuming like Midtown area, maybe. Yeah, yeah I I think it's Midtown. Ron, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree, especially in the Tech Square area where ATDC is and um, 
all these different like startup labs are kind of concentrated there. Um, downtown is not as much. Um, and I think Georgia Tech has kind of welcomed that into the Midtown area, which is pretty exciting because we're right next door to it. Yeah, there's a great gateway for uh, Georgia Tech students. We're we're like at the heart of the opportunity for anyone interested in startups. And you don't even have to go to Georgia Tech to like be a part of that. Emory and all these other uh, universities in the surrounding area um, have pretty much equal opportunity to kind of jump into the startup scene in the Midtown slash Atlanta area. So as a side note, I just wanted to wish the late Kobe Bryant a happy birthday, a very, very happy birthday. Um, he's in our prayers and his family is in our prayers. Uh, rest in power, King. I mean, the Lakers are doing well, right? <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to touch NBA right now. I just can't <laughs> imagine watching NBA that's in a bubble. Wait, this what do you mean? No, no, no. The it's, entertainment's it's still high really quality. Interesting, yeah. Don't roast the NBA like that. Quality's Come on, still dude. There. Have you seen the stands? They have like fake, fake cardboard. Okay, okay. Cutouts just pretend. Okay, just pretend like you're in a stadium. Just like focus on the players. You know what I mean? Just zone out. Oh my god. It's still the same no, entertainment. It's also I fun guess. to see who, like, what crazy uh, people are in the like watching virtually as part of the audience. Uh, I think Shaq sat in on one of them for some reason, and then the Chicago Bulls um, mascot sat in on some random game. Like, it wasn't even a Bulls game. They were just <laughs> there. Wait, how do you even join, like, one of the games? I'm not sure. Um, I at first thought you would have to pay for it, but I don't know how you would convince someone to pay for that. Uh, so it might be free. I I'll have to look into that, I guess. It's like a, it's like a big, like big, like Zoom call or something where everyone's involved or something. Like, what's up? I guess, but I, I don't think you get to choose where you sit. Um, something interesting I saw on TikTok was uh, there was this one kid who made a TikTok where, he, I guess he joined. So it must be free because I don't think he would have like wasted money on this, but he like got a seat. Uh, you would the guy be in surprised front of him. what people do on TikTok. I guess, but like the guy, he did it. And then the guy in front of him happened to be bald, and then he made a video of him, like, leaning forward with his tongue out like he was licking the guy's head. <laughs> yeah, TikTok so, people are I don't know if he'd pay for that, but like you said, some people might be crazy enough bro, to just, pay for that. <laughs> bro, tell your friends I got front row Zoom tickets to the NBA game. Oh, my God. <laughs> it only cost me $250. And that's all we have for startups. Now, moving back to some, moving back to a recap, we're going to be talking a little bit about ETFs and Bitcoin a little bit. Yeah, so we wanted to start off with ETFs and just talk about the current um, market right now. So with this whole coronavirus pandemic uh, scene, stocks have been kind of weird, right? So Investors are interested in like ETFs, S&P 500, and Invesco, like QQQ. Do you call that triple Q or do you say QQQ? <laughs> QQQ. Oh God, I mean... <laughs> what do you call that? I don't know what they call it. I just know. I, let's go with triple Q because QQQ yeah, Q Q Q sounds, sounds a little too funny. 
I don't know what they call it. It's probably called triple Q, right? Probably. probably. Yeah, yeah, it's a triple Q. Um, stock ETFs like that, which are heavy, heavily concentrated with uh, tech companies. But some experts are worried because a lot of these ETFs, because of the skyrocketing uh, prices of tech stocks like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook, these ETFs have been so concentrated with these five stocks and so dominated by these five stocks, any change in the technology market could have huge effects. So yeah. usually ETFs are known for being safe safer but the current situation's kind of the current situation doesn't seem like it is i think what is it for the past like the last 10 years or something the stock market has really been like a little bit overvalued with a, a lot of tech stocks like tech stocks are really determining the how the market pendulum swings now speaking of bubbles one bubble that's been still <laughs> trending has been bitcoin so Sid and Ram, what do you guys think about Bitcoin? Oh, I definitely think Bitcoin is on the rise right now. I remember back a couple years ago, it was almost to $20,000, but then it crashed very, very harshly. Um, but right now, I don't really, to be honest, I don't really see what the whole Bitcoin thing is about. Because right now, there's very few ways the average person can utilize Bitcoin. Unless you're selling stuff that you shouldn't be, or <laughs> making <laughs> transactions online that aren't as significant enough to use PayPal or just a regular credit card. I don't really see how Bitcoin has a future in our current society. Yeah, I agree. Um, when before it crashed, uh, it was like everyone was talking about it, and it was like the big hype was. Oh, there was a lot of hype around it, but um, now I don't really see what future it has. Um, like Sid said, uh, except for kind of sketchy transactions online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the money that's driving push of bitcoin these other these other cryptocurrencies like dogecoin Ethereum, or even ripple is just the hype that surrounds it the hype that you see on subreddit is the hype that you see on message boards online all these just carry it up and down there's no real significant backing behind the cryptocurrencies yeah even tiktok is starting to somehow push cryptocurrencies um like dogecoin people were trying to yeah yeah um, push the price up and it was yeah i remember it pumped up the price yeah i mean cryptocurrencies largely serve the purpose of kind of bypassing our current financial system so it's like a decentralized currency right people that kind of invest in bitcoins and all these up and coming cryptocurrencies they they're kind of worried about government intervention because the government really can't impact the the value of the Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Yeah, much of yeah. the Bitcoin spike in the recent uh, months um, has been due to the weakness of the U.S. dollar. And a lot of people are feeling that because it's kind of like a cult around Bitcoin, a lot of people have been just pushing the prices higher and higher um, because they they think it's a flight to safety, which 
Yeah, it's a false sense of security that people are having. Bitcoin has surged more than um, 180% from its mid-March lows. Um, now it's like 11500 I think $11,700, and that's insane. Yeah, so in it, in addition to like its volatility, there's also the problem with its security, right? Because recently, Together, a Spanish cryptocurrency trading platform, was hacked, and apparently they lost $1.4 million, and they don't even have the money to pay back their customers. Twitter accounts that are verified and asking them to send, asking their followers to send money to a Bitcoin address. And he made millions of dollars off of just that before getting getting caught. I'm not. I don't know whether I'm surprised that he got he was ha able to hack in, or whether I'm surprised that people actually fell for the scam. Like I don't know which is more surprising to me. Yeah, I don't know how people fall for these things actually. Like yeah, where do I believe? Uh, like, I, I bet it was people? pretty easy for him to hack it, but yeah, I don't know how people would fall for that. Like, oh, I don't know if I, Joe Biden's I mean, telling me to <laughs> <laughs> pay him money. I'll just I'll just send him like wire him some money right now. Like what? I mean, hey. I, you know, if Bill Gates asked me for money and he, I'm giving money to Bill Gates, man, that's like... He's going to have to pay me back with some pain. interest. <laughs> yeah, he better give me back money with interest. I mean, I think there are uh, parallels with um, Bitcoin's current rise and gold. Like, investors are looking for alternatives right now. And, like, there have been some analysis done on it. And apparently, like, older investors are more likely to stick to gold um, for their alternative and uh, people under like 40 are more likely to invest in Bitcoin. So that's something to think about. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these people want some sort of resource or currency or something that's outside the financial system, right? So it, in case the financial system goes haywire and like economies crash or something, there's some safe asset that they can use as a hedge. <laughs> Let's talk about Geo, uh, an Indian-based company that could be the next tech giant. What are your thoughts about this, Sivan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, who is it? The head of the company, Mukesh Ambani, he's been steadily growing the company for, since, what is it, 2012? And they're now the most dominant player in the Indian telemarket industry. Yeah, and in talking and like dealing with monopolies, they're competing directly uh, with Amazon to get India, which is one of the biggest markets in the whole world. They're protecting small businesses in India from the grasps of uh, Amazon's e-commerce. Yeah, definitely. And I see that a lot of American companies are seeing the rise of Geo and how it's competing with Amazon in India's domestic atmosphere. And I feel like Companies like Google and so on have started pumping money into Geo to help it compete. Yeah, to be exact, Facebook has pumped in $5.7 billion for a stake of around 10%. And Google has um, pumped in, uh, invested $4.5 billion for a stake of 7.7% in Geo. So a lot of American companies see this as a great way um, to invest in India, which is a huge market. Even Microsoft has um, gotten partnered with Geo. They're planning on um, selling cloud services to India through their partnership with Geo. So Geo is definitely on the rise. Yeah, I can definitely see Geo being a big player against Amazon, especially because companies like Facebook and Google, you know, they're trying to 
combat Amazon's con- constant domination of every possible market there is. Like Amazon's taken over the or Amazon started competing with brands like Netflix. They've started into the grocery game. They've expanded to gaming with Twitch. So of course companies are gonna try to stop that expansion. And one of the biggest places to do it is definitely in India with over a billion people. So I think we're done with our general segments, and now we're just going to have any discussion, whatever discussion we want. So did any of you guys see the recent Democratic convention? Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, They nominated Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to compare with with the RNC's convention that's coming this week, because I know they're renominating President Trump and Mike Pence, and this is going to be a hot election coming up. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely, definitely going to be hot, considering there's an asteroid coming towards the world, <laughs> and there's a 0.41 chance that it hits on the Wait, day of the election, yeah. 0.41 chance? Let's, I mean, 0.41%. 20... Percent. Oh, sh- Not 0.41 I mean, probability, but... I, I mean, seeing as how 2020 is going, I mean... I'm just saying, this isn't even the worst part, like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign up for this, <laughs> honestly. So how else have you guys kept yourself entertained? What are some of the best movies, some of the best shows that you guys have watched? Hmm, some of the best shows? Uh, recently, I've definitely watched Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, Same, for sure. Same, definitely. Definitely, definitely. I, they put Korra, they put Korra on Netflix. On Netflix, well, like, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not as, as good as uh, Adlub, but it's it's, still it's nice. not bad. It's yeah, it's, it's still respectable, but I think yeah, because Avatar: The Last Airbender is like the OG, as you would say. Um, it kind of yeah. like it's not exactly like the same experience. And talking about things that we're entertained by during this pandemic, I think one of the juiciest things has been Champions League and. As y'all know, just recently the Champions League final uh, was held in Lisbon. And my team, it's not really my team, but the team I was rooting for, uh, Bayern won 1-0 against PSG. So always, that was a good outcome. It was a fun game. I feel like Neymar probably could have done a little bit more, but there were a lot of missed opportunities by PSG. Like Mbappe was right in front of the goal one time and just flopped. So, you know. It happens, but Baron definitely yeah. deserved to win. I think they made a record. They're the only team to have uh, won the Champions League final without losing a single game in the run. Bayern decimated so many people. So this concludes our episode for today. I thought it was pretty fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks so much uh, for Sid and Rom for coming on. Their insight was so uh, cool. They're really passionate about startups. If any of you guys are passionate as well, make sure you guys check out organizations like um, Startup Exchange and uh, CreateX as well. Yeah. So me and Ani would like to thank you guys for watching this episode of Juice. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Till then, stay juicy.
Tschüss.